Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked on Canadians. The Habs win again in regulation again, and we're going to see, can they make it three straight against the Ottawa Senators? You are Locked on Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Canadians. I am your host. I am Scott Matla. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day in your inbox, first thing in the morning, wherever you get your daily podcast. Google, Apple, Spotify, does not matter. We are there. And if a visual thing, if you're working from home like I was today, we are on YouTube as well. Just search Locked On Canadians or Locked On Sports Today if that's your speed, and you will find exactly what you are looking for. I am your host. I am Scott Matla. I am, of course, flying solo this week. My co-host is out of town on a work trip, so it is up to me to maintain the high standards of this podcast. And now that I have allowed you to laugh yourself off the road while listening to this, we've got a great show planned out here. The Habs have a, had a game tonight Wednesday when I'm recording this they play again on Thursday and then we've got uh, some crow eating for myself to do here a little bit on uh, some other things but let's kind of break down the show here we've got your Habs and Devils recap great game again we've got the Ottawa Senators preview coming up in our second segment then we're going to wrap it up with me asking for penance forgiveness whatever you want to call it at this point here it's going to be a fun show. Let's just jump right into it. The Montreal Canadiens. We we talked on our preview episode to win the game against the New Jersey Devils. Stay out of the box. Mission partially successful. They won the game. They did not stay out of the box during it. They won this game 3-2. And again, Montreal at 5 on 5 did a really strong job controlling where shots were coming from where chances were generated from and own the flow of play at five on five. And then the Nick Suzuki high sticking call is it looked like it was high sticking. It looked like it might've grazed his visor, which I guess I don't know where the blood came from in that. I didn't see it on the replay. I don't know if it's just, he hit when he and Suzuki collided there. It was, uh, in a night full of not egregious calls, but ones that you look at and kind of go, really, that's what you called. It was another part of that. I'm not going to be too fed up with the officiating in this one. I'm going to be fed up with the Canadians penalty kill nearly costing them. Let's, let's, you know, rewind things here a little bit. Let's go back to the game's opening goal. That Canadians top line once again is just cooking on some next level gas at this point. Uh, It's, I know we talk a lot about like, ah, they should lose games, get a better lottery pick here. I'm watching everything happen on that top line there and just mm, loving it. First goal of the game, kept in puck there. Nick Suzuki kind of forces it around to Cole Caulfield. It's turned over behind the devil's net there. Cole Caulfield is there. It looks like it bounces off the end boards glass, 
to Caulfield, who has flipped his stick flat and just kind of bump passes it into the slot. Uri Slavkovsky is there. Slavkovsky slams home his sixth of the year, opens the scoring one nothing. That was it for the first period. A great road period from the Canadians. Samuel Montembeau dialed in full Monty tonight, baby. He was incredible. I will get to him before this segment is over, I promise. Period number two. Matt Drake called it. Sam Cosentino on Sportsnet called it. A lot of people were waiting for the moment to happen. Joshua Waugh's first NHL goal is first in his career. First one's being called up, obviously. Duh, that's how this works. Brilliant little play from Sean Monaghan and started all by Yoel Armia. A lot more later on him in this show. I, I have a lot to say on that. Sean Monahan is on a two-on-one break. He's got Wah through the neutral zone with him. Wah passes to Monahan. Simon Nemich is coming across and covering him. Monahan is drifting wider. He's going wide of the net. He's taking himself out of the shooting lane because he knows he has Joshua Wah slightly trailing him towards the net there. Nemich kind of reads this. He starts kind of cutting back across the face of goal. And for whatever reason, Simon Nemec just keeps going out of the play. He drifts almost to the back post behind Nico Dawes. Joshua is cutting to the middle. At no point has Nemec checked his shoulder to see where Wah is going. And Wah has all day, gets the puck from Sean Monaghan, five holds it on Nico Dawes. It is a 2-0 Canadians game here. First NHL goal and just a smart thing. It's all about positioning with Joshua Wah. He's not the most lethal sniper. He's not the quickest skater. He's not always the most deft playmaker, but he knows where to be and where to put and where to put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, as the second period ended, Nick Suzuki takes that double minor for high sticking. Period two starts with two Devils goals in a minute 38. Both on the power play, both from further back on the blue line there. And I'm looking at this and going, this is that Canadians team all over again. They're going to do that same stupid thing they always do with a two-goal lead. Montembeau dialed in, but the Devils are turning up the pressure, and the Canadians then in the third period kind of found that gear again. They had their foot still on the gas. They kind of stumbled a little bit. The penalty kill still a problem, despite you know Samuel Montembeau's best efforts. Late in the third period, dump in. Jordan Harris uh, gets the puck. He's at the point, fires a shot off. Nico Dawes cannot control the rebound. Sean Monahan is in front of the net, and it's down below, um, in between his legs there, kind of trickling through. Monahan gets a little piece of it. And then out of nowhere, it's Cole Caulfield. Comes in, just sweeps it into the net, 3-2, which what would stand as the game-winning goal there. And Sportsnet pointed this out because I did not notice this. Wasi's sees that puck is going deep. He changes so they can get Caulfield on the ice. And Caulfield just gets lost in the maze of bodies. We know that he is, he's the small goals boy. He's not the tallest in stature here. He gets lost in the maze and nobody picks him up there. There was nobody stopping him from getting to the crease there. And he just pokes the puck home and makes it a three, two game that stands as your winner. The Canadians locked it down late. Samuel Montembeau, great as always. They avoided getting scored on by their former player, Tyler Toffoli. Much love to Tyler Toffoli. He scored a hat trick in their first game. Nothing for him tonight. And yes, this team did not have Jack Hughes out there. And Timo Meyer was just coming back from injury. But this is a good win for the Habs. And it, again, sets off some alarm bells for the Devils there. 
I'm reading, you know, I always try and check in on the opposing team after games to see how things are feeling. Uh, Devils Lindy Ruff just went on a rant about a poor play Alexander Holtz made earlier, which led to him only getting two shifts after his game tying goal. I, I, out of everyone that night, the dude who Howard served a puck past the dialed in Samuel Montembeau should have been the last thing on your list. I, you know, Luke Hughes scored on the power plate. It, it's kind of wild that that's the direction Lindy Ruff kind of went with this game here. Uh, the biggest thing here is Samuel Montembeau was exactly who the Canadians needed him to be. He was dialed in. The Canadians didn't allow an egregious amount of shots in this game. You know, the Devils were out shooting them a little bit, but when the Canadians got up, you know, they played defensively a little bit and New Jersey had a four minute power play and they had a power play advantage to work with. And the Canadians again, kind of survived through all this. It's a huge deal for that. Samuel Montembeau has looked great in his last couple starts here. Not that he hasn't looked good all year, but this was kind of next level. And you got to have that discussion. Where in the division is Samuel Montembeau among starting goalies? He's better than both Toronto goalies. He's better than the Ottawa goalies. Panthers are up in the air. The Bruins are obviously at the top of the division. He's better than the Sabres goalie. Is Samuel Montembeau the best, the second best goalie, or let's say second best. We're counting the Bruins as one team. Is Samuel Montembeau the second best goalie in the Atlantic division? I don't think you can really make an argument otherwise right now. It might be the case there. Uh, just a great game and a staff from Arp and Basu tonight after having played the Oilers, having played the Avalanche and now playing the Devils, teams that can score goals in bunches. Uh, the Canadians have allowed two five-on-five goals in that entire stretch against very, very good teams. And that comes from good goaltending. Uh, can they keep that up? We're going to find out because on Thursday, it's the Ottawa Senators. We're going to get into that coming up next. However, the NFL regular season is wrapped up. Playoffs are in full swing, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Find light live same game parlays. Find bets in the Explore tab to see what suits you best. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub to find the most popular ones amongst FanDuel users and more. And guess what? When you win big on those, cash out immediately on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. With FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and us here at Locked On. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. If things are cutting in and out and seem a little bit stuttery, the terrible weather here in Buffalo is having a heck of an impact on my internet quality tonight. I'm doing the best I can to make sure that this show gets running here at least to our minimum amount of time here. I'm going to try and get this to the full 30 minutes for y'all because I know that's what you uh, that's what you tune in for. Can the Habs make it three straight wins in a row? They are traveling to Ottawa tonight, which is a heck of a flight because they're going to be coming right across the remnants of whatever winter storm is hitting us here and hitting up near Watertown because I assume they will fly just straight over Lake Ontario uh, and land in Ottawa and then bust to the arena and whatnot. But it, if this is a game where, and I've said it all week, logic is going out the window at this point. There was no point in trying to break things down in a way that is, you know, using common sense. 
it's just like Habs and Leafs games and Habs and Bruins games and, you know, Habs and anybody games for the most part. But this one especially is you throw all logic out the window in this game. The Ottawa Senators are having a disastrous season. No matter which way you want to slice this, if you are a fan of the team, if you are a hater of the team, you are looking at their season and going terrible. They've played 39 games. Why they've played so little yet, I still don't know, because other teams went to Sweden and aren't as low in games. They've played 39 games and are 15 and 24. No overtime points whatsoever. They have 30 points on the season. They are 15 points behind the Montreal Canadiens, who are still rebuilding. As you will remember, the rebuild in Ottawa was over two and a half years ago. They are allowing a league-high 4.46 goals a game under interim coach Jacques Martin after firing DJ Smith. They are 3-7-0 in their last 10. They are 4-13 away from home, 11-11 at home. None of that crap matters because it's the Senators and it's the Canadians, and it is dumb. It is very, very, very stupid all the time. Uh, the Senators were up, I believe it was 4-1 to one or 4 nothing against Colorado earlier this week. Colorado won the game 7-4. And I think it was a point that broke a lot of brains of some of the Senators fans that I still follow or haven't blocked me on Twitter yet. It's a game where the Canadians are now on a back-to-back. So they are the tired team going into this. And you know Ottawa's going to be motivated. They, this is... And I hate using this phrase. This is their Stanley Cup. This is the moment where they go, yes, we're going to go beat Montreal. And that makes everything better. Even if they win this game, they will still be 13 points behind the Canadians in the standings. I'm not going to be too broken up about that. However, I would like the Habs to kind of win this game because then they have the Bruins on Saturday. That's a heck of a stretch there to go through. And they play the Senators again. It's it's a tough-looking schedule ahead here. I'm assuming potentially Jake Allen gets the start. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Caden Primo. I will be stunned if it's Samuel Montembo who played tonight uh, on defense. I'm not expecting any lineup changes. And for everyone who's thinking, ah, call up Arbor Jack guy and put him in the lineup to protect you know the young guy, to protect the players in there from guys like Brady Kachuk, I think with the Senators and with how poor their goaltending has been this year, uh, you just stay out of the box. Again, I know I say that a lot. I'm looking at uh, the power play rankings here. And let's see, Montreal is still 19th. Where is Ottawa on here? Why can't I find you? They are 24th. Again, stay out of the box. Checking in on the penalty kills. Ottawa has the second worst penalty kill in the NHL. The Canadians aren't much better, mind you, but... This is a game that you can win on special teams if you keep your head. And I love Arbor Jack. I love him to death. I do not think that putting him into this game is uh, the right idea just on the pure chaos that's going to potentially come from them. Because every time it devolves, it favors a team that cannot play at a certain level. And, you know, that's Ottawa right now. I want to take a look at their uh, current lines because I know they've had injuries. I know they've had different things. So Brady Kachuk, Ridley Gregg, Claude Giroux on the top line, Matthew Joseph, Tim Stutzla, Drake Batherson on line two, Parker Kelly, Rourke Chartier, Vladimir Tarasenko, 
Dominic Kubalik, Mark Kastelik, Zach McEwen. The Habs are pretty badly beat up too, and their bottom six isn't perfect. Uh, crush this lineup at this point. Uh, defense actually looking halfway decent. Shabbat Chikrin, Sanderson Zub, uh, Zub, uh, Brandstrom, Hamannick. It's there for the taking, though, and the biggest reason is their goaltending's been terrible this year. So, yeah, Shane Pinto's still out with the Senators. Josh Norris is day-to-day. Anton Forsberg's out with an injury. They have Mad Sogard and Jonas Corposalo called up right now. Neither of those guys are saving this team. And do you want a fun fact that I learned from Twitter tonight? Tim Stutzla has just one more goal than Yuri Slavkovsky this year. Yes, the Habs have played more games. However, Tim Stutzla plays very much in a locked-in top six that usually hasn't had an issue scoring goals. They can't keep it out of their net, but they have no issue scoring goals. Uh, I just thought I would like to throw that in there. Last 10 game stats, Brady Kachuk has 10 points. Uh, Ridley Gregg has six points. Claude Giroux has 11 points. Uh, Matthew Joseph, no points. Tim Stutzla, six assists. Drake Batherson, eight points. They're not getting a lot out of some of this team here in their last five. A bunch of those points, I believe, came in. I want to say they had a blowout win, but I might be wrong on that. I might be thinking of actually the Sharks game with the Leafs besides the point here. For the Canadians, keep your head level. The minute you start letting them goon you after every play and you respond to it, they're going to keep doing it. Zach McEwen's going to do it. He did it in the AHL. He did it in the preseason. Mark Kastelik's going to do it. Parker Kelly is going to do it. Brady Kachuk's going to do it because he loves a full diaper. You're going to watch Tim Stutzla fall over. You're going to watch them be just clown shoes all the time in this game. But I look at how you've held your head in games against Edmonton, against the best player in the world against a red-hot Nathan McKinnon, against the Devils team that is fighting for its playoff life and to prove that it can bounce back and wasn't able to do that. Though this has just pure disappointment written all over it in that they're going to absolutely choke it away against Ottawa because that would be peak Habs, just like the San Jose Sharks game. This I'm, I don't want to call any game a layup, especially a divisional game. Divisional games are a different breed of monster. Look at what happens when, you know, the Habs and Leafs play. We've seen the Habs be the worst team in the league and take the Leafs to overtime, win in overtime with Rem Pitlick as their one as their top line winger. Weird things happen in these games. But for the Canadians, take crystallize what you did to start this Devils game where you got up to nothing and apply that to Ottawa. The same qualities there. Their defense might be a little bit better, but they're bleeding goals. Get to the goalies early and rattle them because the minute things get too heavy in one direction or the other, it's all over. You are you let you let that air out of the balloon and you let them wilt. You let you know however many people are at uh, the Canadian Tire Center hear the booing and everything else. Take the wind out of their sails before they can get it started. We know that they're going to jump out fast. They're going to jump out quick and they're going to try and get on a tired Habs team out of the box. Be smart. When they give you power play opportunities, cash in on them. This feels like a big night for Suzuki and Caulfield again. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Bonahan, you know, chips in a few points here. I'm going to say Mike Matson gets on the score sheet with at least a pair of assists or at least a goal and an assist in this game. 
I'm interested to see who starts in goal. They, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. I haven't checked Twitter yet in the background, but when we find out, we'll obviously talk about that. That'll be in tomorrow's episode as well. However, we're going to wrap this show up, even if it's a little bit shorter segment because of the internet winter storm situation here. I'm going to eat some crow on a lot of things, and that's coming up next. But first, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global visitors, according to the Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. I had to do the job search thing. Indeed was so easy. I uploaded my resume, my strengths, everything in there. And within a day, I was flooded with potential offers. And I am hoping that if you are hiring out there, you're going to find just as many qualified candidates. And listeners of this show right now can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job post more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about it, heard about Indeed from this podcast that's indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed again my apologies if the uh, quality is dipping in and out my wi-fi is fluctuating and that it's good and it's bad but you're not here to hear me complain you're here to listen to me uh eat crow on the montreal canadians this year and i'm going to start with yoel armia because i've given him a lot of flack in the past couple weeks or so I've been so frustrated with a guy who has so much talent and hasn't been utilizing it uh, as best as he possibly could. He did really well. He's got the game winner against Colorado, looked great down the stretch in that game. And then against New Jersey tonight, Wednesday night, when I'm recording this, he got on the score sheet with an assist, but he was everywhere. And I'm watching him play, and everything tonight is is good Yolarmia. Everything you want to see from him, you saw tonight. Penalty killing was very good. I know that there were just two goals late, but that's David Savard screening his own goaltender, etc. There was a there was a point in one of the penalty kills that Armia breaks out with the puck, and instead of just kind of lazily dumping it out like he'd done previously, he skates it out. And he's got a defender coming back to angle him off, and he quickly just bounces it off the wall around them, and he's already around the defenseman, extending that shorthanded stay in the offensive zone creating a potential scoring chance that's up top here. That's if you're not listening, if you're not watching this, I realize I'm pointing to, you know, my brain or what's left of it at this point, that's using your hockey sense to create great things. And Yoel Armia has done that more and more recently in that. I know he's still potentially overpaid here, but I would be remiss if I didn't point out that, Hey, this is a guy who is stepping up when the team calls on him right now, he's playing great on the line with Monahan and Joshua Wah. Juan Ma- and uh, Armia played really well in Laval together when they were together for a little bit to start this season. It's where Wah's, you know, first AHL goal came from and everything was working with Armia there. All the little intricacies that, and I want to see that, and I know eventually it's going to, you know, go away for a bit and we're going to have this conversation again down there. But in some of these games here, I thought Yoel Armia has been great. And I think that he's, it's, if his contract wasn't what it was, he'd be an incredible fourth line player on this team, a luxury 
kind of like Paul Byron used to be an absolute luxury on the team, elite penalty killer, good hockey sense when it needs to be and the ability to make things happen out of thin air. I thought Yol Army has been great. Uh, Samuel Montembeau. I said, I was going to talk about him more in the first segment. I pushed it back to here. This isn't me eating crow. This is me going to gloat a little bit that, uh, Samuel Montembeau came in from being a guy picked off waivers, playing with an injured wrist on a bad Canadians team to becoming one of the better goaltenders in the NHL this year. And I'm going to go actually take a look at the stats, assuming they have been, uh, updated this season here. Obviously he's not going to lead the league in wins or anything on this Canadians team. And actually he's 29th. So, but let's look at the save percentage, shall we? Uh, wow. There's a lot of one star goalies in here. That's kind of unfair. I think, Oh, where are you? Samuel Montembeau is at a nine ten save percentage, 2.85 goals against. Honestly, like what can you say for a guy that came in and we weren't sure and they weren't sure who they were going to trade uh, out of here, uh, out of this group here. Samuel Montembeau has come in and he has made that role his own. And he's got three years after this one, because he's finishing up this contract, starts that new one. And it is the perfect bridge to get across to what they are looking for right now. And that means Jakob Dobish. That means Cam Fowler, Yevgeny Volokin, Quentin Miller, uh, even Ember Croteau, depending on what goes along with that. If they draft another goaltender in the upcoming draft too, which I assume they will because they always do. Not so much eating crow, but like I look at a lot of what Ken Hughes has done and this is a really smart bet on there that even if Montembeau declines, those other guys are stepping up. It's great. Uh, Eating Crow and some other things. I was kind of worried about Brendan Gallagher a little bit this season. I still don't love where his contract is at for his production. I think that's a, he's one of the most expensive players by cost per point this year, along with Josh Anderson, but that's an entirely different thing. But what I'm seeing more and more out of Gallagher again, this year is not a guy who is pained to be out there. Watching him skate early this season was a little bit rough, but once he got dialed up a little bit, perfect. His line with Evans and Rafael Harvey Pinard is a really nice combination of guys because they're all direct players. They all go to where they need to be. They put the puck where it needs to be. They create chances where they need to be created. They're a little touch slow uh, on some of that, uh, with at least Gallagher is, so they're not going to be an odd man rush kind of thing. But they're the guys that you can put out there and just kind of let them cycle through their jam plays, wear people down in the offensive zone because they might be a step behind you, but they're going to forecheck you hard anyways. And Brendan Gallagher is a big part of that. I know he's not, you know, he hasn't aged as gracefully as we might have hoped. And I don't think anyone thought uh, his aging curve would be great with the amount of injuries that he suffered in his career there. But I'm happy to see him at least being a functioning part of this team still. I'd love to see if we can get some of that goal scoring touchback. But for right now, guy who does pretty well generating chances, kind of keeps the chances in his own zone to a minimum there and can play up and down your entire lineup. It's it's hard to beat a veteran like that on your team. Uh, and then I don't think I have too much other crow to eat on that. The Yola Mia thing this week was a big one. Love seeing Jordan Harris and Jaden Strubel out there. Uh, didn't notice Justin Barron in any bad ways against the devil. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep that one in my corner for right now. Curious to see what's going to come down the pipe for the Ottawa senators game here. Uh, remember tomorrow after the show, we will have mailbag Friday, unless a whole bunch of crazy stuff happens, which it's the end of the week. Who knows? Uh, at that point you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, lockdown Canadians at gmail.com. 
gmail.com for longer questions. I'll make sure that those are sent to myself before the show here. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Obviously, you can follow me at Scott Matla. And before I kind of bid you adieu tonight, uh, I do got to talk about uh, when this goes out, we will have only five more episodes until our 1,000th show comes out. We are trying really, really hard to line up someone special to do a full, you know, no ad reads kind of episode just to upload on there. Uh, the timing has been difficult with a couple of things, but we are working so hard. And the biggest thing is thank you everyone who's been with us since episode one where I was recording uh, in my parents' basement. Yeah, I know, shocking, with an old crummy microphone, and it was taking me hours upon hours to edit these episodes in Audacity while I uh, cried and got frustrated and still did it anyways. We are one almost 1,000 episodes in. Uh, your support means the world to us. We are not where we're at on Lockdown Canadians without your help. Uh, as always, thank you so much, so much for listening, and as always, we will see you all next time.